go to a country where there's no there's internet like access. Cuba. When I went there, it was like the you want to talk since you asked about the best time of you my see life. How, you that's see how we like expand. You that. see how we're doing this? That's exactly <laughs> how it's gonna be. You know, it's yeah. like just off the cuff, informal. It's cool, right? Yeah. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they'd like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Ah, oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah! yeah. So, hi guys, welcome to the show. My name is Stephen Smith. I'm your host, as usual. The other guy is not here. He left. I, he's not coming back. Yeah, <laughs> today we're here with Ozel Martin. She is the queen of a bunch of things. Um, she's co-founder of Ultra. Uh, she is the owner of Pink Splash Media, which is a social media company. And she also started a new project, a new company called Creative Legal. Legal. Creative Legal. God, you see, I almost went three for three. Almost dead. Almost. But anyway, we're here with Ozel Martin. She is so amazing and she's going to tell us about oh. her experiences. She is a complete mogul and she's a winner. Like, she don't play, guys. This lady is out to get it, okay? If you're in her way, then I suggest you step aside <laughs> and let her get it. All right? So, mm-hmm. Ozel, welcome to the show. You gassing me up, Stephen. I like it. Again? <laughs> you me up. Like, I like it. That's what we have to do. We have to get you yes. up because we're about to play a game. And if you're listening, you know what this game is. It's fact or fiction. Here on Objectively Incorrect, we love to start our show with a couple, just a little bit of facts, a little bit of fiction. See if our guests are well informed, mm-hmm. if they know what's going on. I know Ozzy's going to get all right. Oh, gosh. Not at all. I hope. <laughs> I hope not. Because then if you get all right, then it means I didn't do enough research. I didn't find enough crazy facts. Oh, these are crazy facts. Oh, Not even like world facts. They're, they're like world facts. So okay. Okay, so number one. There are approximately 600 billion individual insects in the world. Oh my God. There are approximately 600 billion individual insects in the world. And all you say is true or false, incorrect or correct. I mean, that sounds like 600 billion? 600 billion. I mean, even though that number seems like through the roof... And there's so many insects, I would kind of say that it's fiction. You say it's fiction, and that's your final response? Yes. And you are correct. Ooh. It is fiction. There are actually 10 quintillion insects. Oh gosh, some more. Yeah, so it's 10 <laughs> and 18 zeros. Mm-hmm. Like they said, if they, if they had to like ration it off, it would be 200 million insects for every one human being. Wow. That is crazy, right? That is, that is crazy. Insane. That is insane. <laughs> well, I'll you off to a rip-roaring start. Let's see if we continue this, <laughs> this stretch. All right? So number two. Yes. Pure water is an excellent conductor of electricity. Pure water is an, an excellent conductor of electricity. Hmm. Pure water. Yeah. What's pure water? Just water that's like, that hasn't been... I, I, don't, I don't know what's, what's, I don't know what's pure here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pure water is just water that has like nothing really in it. Oh, okay. So it's not like purified or anything like that? It could be purified. I think similar? purified water is similar, yeah. Because if okay. you run it through like a Brita filter, it would be somewhat. It would be more or less, more or less pure. Um, 
Well, then a reg. I don't even know if it's a regular water because what's that? But um, what is regular water? Right. No I'll place. say. I'll say fact. You'll say fact. Uh, Oh God. I feel like we should have music at this thing just to make it tense. Dum, 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 dum. And we're going to go with fact. And it's wrong. It's oh. fiction. Oh. It's fiction. Pure and distilled water doesn't conduct electricity well. So pure and distilled water is the same thing. Pure and distilled water on the same level. Because well, it's that's why I said what is pure. See, I could have given this more I can't thought. Give you, I can't give you too much clues, man. I can't <laughs> let you, I, it's, I'm playing against you here. All right? Okay, okay, okay. All right, so it's not a good conductor of electricity. <laughs> and the only reason you get shocked from water is when it has, like, um, impurities in it. Mm. Like, dust, dirt, That's what I'm minerals. thinking, like, when you're talking about, like, water that you use for, like, renewable energy and stuff like that. I'm thinking that a lot of times it comes from, like, the sea and mm-hmm. stuff. So that I did not know if that is pure, where you mean like not processed in any type of way, but or it was like purified, distilled, which you know, it processed in some type of way. But in, anyway, let's not dig too deep. <laughs> in in, re, in renewable energy, yeah. Um, I'm not so sure they would use it as a conducting renewable energy. No. No. Okay. The thing is, and pure water wouldn't be seawater. Seawater okay. is completely different. Totally like, right. Because yeah, seawater has in. Um, that electrolyte it has in salt in it. Right. So seawater might not be so bad, right? Mm-hmm. That might be okay, right? I need to do more research into seawater and see what's going yes. on. Yes. <laughs> so, so far, it's one one. We are equal. <laughs> Let's see who's going to take the lead. Mm-hmm. All right. Number three. Several studies mm-hmm. show that sharks can smell a drop of blood from miles away. Several studies have shown that sharks can smell a drop of blood from miles away. I feel like that's fact. Just because of different quotes that you've seen yeah so and i feel as if i read it somewhere not sure but i feel as if i did so let me go with fact and that is fiction (laughs) go away (laughs) (laughs) it is fiction it's a huge exaggeration. Like oh, smacks, a mile away is too much. Y- it's just way too much. And it, okay. I'll give you the facts. Sharks have a highly enlarged brain region for smelling odors, allowing some of the fish to detect as little as one part blood to 10 billion parts of water, mm-hmm. which roughly a drop in an Olympic-sized swimming pool. That's what, that's what it turns out to be in ratio. Right. So, so there's no sharks picking you off from miles away. That's not going to happen. The mm. ocean is humongous. <sighs> Jeez. I'm giving you a lot of tens. It's really not that serious. Well, we have four more. I mean, you have, two more. You have two more questions. Okay. We All could right. still redeem. I could still redeem myself. Unless they get harder. <laughs> dum, Jesus. Dum, dum. <laughs> All right. Number four. And so far, it's two one. To me. <sighs> All right. In Brazil, it takes up to 120 days to start a new business. In Brazil, it takes up to 120 days to start a new business. Fact or fiction. Why is that? Is it paperwork? I can't give you any more information other than <laughs> this statement. Jeez. Well, right? you know, because we had two fiction. You had two fiction. And now you, I'm just is like, this the process of elimination? No, no, yeah, no, no I'm just you're playing. Thinking about this? Like, because c- when I overthink it, <laughs> it, it's the opposite. So let me go with fact. Oh. And it's going to be. And it's fact. 
<laughs> you got it. You got it. And the crowd goes wild. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's right. Um, according to Forbes, it takes around 120 days to start a new business mm-hmm. in Brazil. And, and what's the reason for that? Because of the bureaucracy. Like okay. there's so there's such a high level of bureaucracy in mm-hmm. Brazil. Like it's difficult, and it's also it also takes four years to close down said business. Oh wow, that is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. <laughs> in, in contrast, in the United States, it takes on average six days to set up a new business. Right, which is like the land of the free and the home of the brave. Mm-hmm. Huh? Is it really? <laughs> All right, and this gonna be the tiebreaker now. I feel like this is so. Too what easy. I'm two two. You're two up. <gasps> This okay. is like a Patriots game. Let's see Jeez. if we can get this done. Let me see if I'm Kobe in the clutch. Kobe, in, oh, you, you're a co- <laughs> no, you're a Kobe. Oh, yes, you're an LA Lakers fan. Oh, yes, boy. All day. Why all did I invite day. you here? Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm not that big of a basketball fan. Oh. It doesn't matter. It, like, basketball doesn't matter. Damn, your me. life must suck. Oh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 all right, number five. And this is the clutch one. Okay. The last quarter. Mm-hmm. Let's see if Ozel Martin is winner. Supreme at everything. <laughs> Alright, number five. Mm-hmm. Unlike on cartoons, ostriches don't, don't put their heads in the ground when they sense danger, but they do flop on the ground and play dead. Unlike on cartoons, ostriches don't put their head in the sand or the ground when they sense danger, but they do flop on the ground and play dead. Fact or fiction? I don't know why I felt again that I read this, but then I felt it like I read the whole the shark thing and it was wrong. So. I'll go against my instincts, just to do something differently and say that it's fact. <laughs> Ozel is tense right right now, <laughs> guys. She has her head down. She's like. <laughs> Hiding under the hat. Come. It's crazy. It's crazy. I Let's don't take see. losing well. No matter the level, no matter what it is. And it's fact. Ooh. It is absolutely a fact. And Ozel Martin <laughs> has won the game, guys. Yes. She's Kobe in his prime. She's hitting it up because yes. she's running around. I came back in the clutch. You know, came you Start. Rough start. It's, how, it's not how you start. It's, it's how, how you finish, finish baby. <laughs> That's how you do it. That's a winner. That's a winner. Yes, it's true. They don't bury their heads at all, actually. Ostriches, they do not bury their heads. But the passive aggress- the passive way that they hide is like they just flap down on the ground and play dead. And they just usually get eaten anywhere because mm. there's really very little predators that are going to fall right. for an ostrich, uh, ostrich plane. And, and probably even if they see something dead, that's... They're going to eat it, right? Less work like, for them, right? Exactly. Like, you don't have to run your down. They don't you know, you're just kind of yeah. losing on purpose. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to get rid of you, put mm-hmm. your, your misery and sign. So, guys, we are here with Ozel Madden once again. And Ozel, what's up with you, Ozel? How are you doing? I'm well. Happy to be here. Excited. Um, I like your first segment, so I'm excited to see what's next. Yeah, guys, so we are in like a home studio, so if you hear like noises, like, come on, it's just, this is what it is. <laughs> We're in the country, kind of. We, do we call this country? Is this the country? This is like the suburbs. Oh, the sub- We're in the burbs. <laughs> Very suburban. We're in the burbs. We're in the burbs with, with like um, chickens. <laughs> and dogs. <laughs> and dogs. So you're happy to be back. You're here in, in Eske at this moment. Not so sure if you're going to be here when this releases. But who knows? When is, when, when is that? 
Um, we're we're probably gonna have this episode out in like late October. Okay. Yeah. So it's gonna maybe, be late October, maybe, like maybe early November. So guys, you're hearing this. We we record the shows beforehand. That's <laughs> our secret. That's how we get in front of everything because yeah. we're busy people, right? You're right. Um. So you're back here. So I mean, what's what's exciting about being back here? I always love being home. I mean, one of the most exciting parts of it is the food. The food. <laughs> Food, but yeah. where are you normally? You're normally where? I'm usually in the United States, in the great state of Maryland. Maryland? Yes. Um, but I'm here um, because of a few of my business ventures. And so even though that's good and great, mm-hmm. I love being home for the food. Do you cook the food yourself or is it that your mom does I mean, my mother food? cooks, so I get a break from it because when I'm in Maryland, I live on my own, so I have to cook all the time. So it's good to get a little break, have your mother cook, visit friends and family, taste their food. You know, <laughs> I love West Indian food. And so even though, you know, it's on me to cook it all the time, it's good to get that break and diversify my palate a bit. Diversify. <laughs> diversify. But, I mean, you're, you're doing so, right now I'm guessing you're preparing for ultra because that's yes. that's one of your ventures that's just yes. one of them we are preparing for ultra carnival um of course the time of year is drawing near and so um that's the primary reason why i'm here however i also recently served as the dance coordinator for the st kitts nevis patriots oh, wow. so that's why i came initially mm-hmm. and then of course going into um Ultra Carnival. Ultra Carnival, which is like the biggest event of the year. Like, ah. Ultra Carnival is crazy. So, Ultra Carnival is a carnival troupe for those who don't know. Yes. It's a carnival troupe. You guys started, what, three years ago? We started in 2015. Yes, mm-hmm. so three years ago. But we are about to present our fourth presentation. And it's going to probably be the best that you guys have ever produced. Well, that's what we... Is this too much pressure? Aim for absolutely not. That's what we always aim for. Every year we want to produce our best work yet, and I really think that mm-hmm. this is our best work yet. And if this is coming from a winner, then we know that this is the <laughs> best one yet. Yeah, I think this is our best work yet. You know, I have a question for you. I mean, before before Ultra, did you did you like did you play mass or were you like a mass going individual? I played mass when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I didn't play um, as an adult prior to Ultra. Okay. And so um, sometimes you want to um, play. But I I found as if I was a little shy. And at that time, we were still in the era where we were using a lot of like just top and bottom. (laughs) So I wanted to cover up a little more. So you said... I believe in being the change that you want to, to see. To see. Mm-hmm. And so I was always interested in mass. And I said, okay, well, I want to be able to cater to all body types. It don't matter if I'm slim. I still know that I want to cover up a bit. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the primary reasons for starting it. In, in addition to being fascinated with mass mm-hmm. and, you know, aiming to revolutionize the mass playing experience. But... Um, I wanted to have like diverse options starting with me mm-hmm. and then of course that was just a need that everyone wanted because we have a lot of like first time mass players uh-huh. as well and they were like oh I never played mass before because you know I, the, the bodysuit options were not available and now they're available we have probably the most people ever playing mass in St. Kitts Nevis because of diversity yeah wow but I mean, other than the fact that you wanted to play mass and wanted to have like a, a costume that covered you up completely, yeah. 
right? A bit, a bit, not completely. Not completely, but yeah. a bit, a bit, a bit around, <laughs> around specific areas. Yeah. What, 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 what else like motivated you to start uh, or to cost that ultra? Let me not say start ultra, but cost that yeah, ultra. Yeah, co start it because um, I'm in this business with one of my best friends, Natasha Berridge. Um, another thing that uh, motivated us is our love for fashion. Oh, fashion, yeah. We wanted to inject that high fashion... Um, side of things into mass um we just don't want to have like just a regular bodysuit we want to take time and design something nice um we want to be that's what we wanted to do our love for fashion also fueled our um venture our venture so is it is it that you guys and and this is me getting into deeper quotes of ultra <laughs> and, and this is probably but is it that you guys i mean ultra is one event it's at the end of the year yeah. um, it spans multiple but at the beginning days. of the year because oh, just January 1st and 2nd. There you go. So we opened the year with a bang. With a bang. With ultra, ultra. Okay, so, <laughs> but during the rest of the year, is it that you guys are working on the designs? Is Absolutely. It that you because by the time we finish in January and we head on the road, I mean, we get about <laughs> a few weeks sleep and then we're preparing for the following year. Oh, I mean, people just think that, okay, it's just... You come out during sugar mass and then you disappear and then you come back out during sugar mass. But we are always working. It's almost like a full-time venture. Mm. It's a full-time all year long venture. Yeah, because you start with not just um, designing, but production, mm -hmm. the ex ex ensuring that the experience is the best on the road, um, things like that. So, you know, a lot of variables come into play. Mm -hmm. It's not just the costumes and what we do on parade day. There is a lot of months of planning and it's a lot of um, work behind the scenes. So, like, well, like we're going to backpedal a bit. So, when you were growing up, I mean, you grew up, as far as I know, you grew up in City. Yes, yeah, the children's yeah, dance children's theater, dance theater. which is owned by my mother. <laughs> Go Miss Martin Girl, right? She's also a winner, also a complete winner. It's in the jeans and the t-shirt and the hat, right? But you growing up um, in City, is it that your mom kind of instilled some sort of like an entrepreneurial vibe in you? Is it that she was pushing you to go into different ventures? Is, I mean, what was that environment um, for you like growing up? My mother never pushed me into anything. And that she always gave me the opportunity to choose what I wanted to do. Um, because if my mother did push me into things, I would probably been a dentist. Because she wanted, to be a <laughs> wanted me to be a dentist. That was like the most well trod out. Like, a dentist? But she didn't push me into it, even that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted. So, um, she always gave me the opportunity to make my own decisions. And... Um, so I, I don't think she pushed me into anything, but she exposed me mm -hmm. to stuff because she exposed me to pageantry. Mm -hmm. um, she exposed me to um, entrepreneurship, but she never said, you have to do this or you have to do that. Just the exposure cost somewhat, I guess, built my love for it. And it made you, it made you curious. But with the pageantry, you, you, you started in pageantry. You not started in pageantry, but how did you, how did you get into pageantry? Like what was, <laughs> what what told you? Okay, let's let's manage this beast of a thing. Right. Well, again, my mother was involved in pageantry. She always served as like a pageant coach and stuff. 
And as a child, of course, because a lot of the shows happened during this December period, when I'm off school, I would go with her to practices. And I guess she realized that I, I would scrutinize. I have a, I had a keen eye for things. And she would always like ask my opinion, get me involved. And it was also heavily... Um, related to the performing arts mm -hmm. so being as a dancer and many times she has she had dancers as contestants because you know they would probably start in city mm -hmm. and then you know go they have on a talent already mismatch into with a chaperone or something you know, yeah. something yeah. yeah so um just being around there and enjoying that when her time was over mm -hmm. not necessarily that i wanted to continue uh -huh. her legacy but I was just interested as well. And as I said, she never pushed me into it, but I was exposed to it and grew to like it. Mm -hmm. And so I, ha I, I used to teach at CDT as well. I was teaching Sparks. Mm -hmm. And m the first time someone asked me to be their pageant coach, um, that was Berisa Byron when she did um, St. Teresa's Convent Prince and Princess. Mm -hmm. um, I just said, well, um, it's a challenge. This was going to be my first time going out and doing pageantry on my own without my mother. And I was like in fifth form. So <laughs> You're in fifth form? Yes, I was in fifth okay, form. Okay youth at, okay at the saint Teresa's convent school and she won and then after that she went on to rotaract and she won at that level too so you you were still a chaperone yes i chaperone okay. i think for five pageants five. and she won all of them yeah so she kept you know she believed in me she was the first person to believe in me very like especially on that level her mother I'm sandra i don't know whatever i was like well me I mean, I'm all but a high school child. child yeah. I'm 16. And, and you you're coached this young lady through and I five coached different her, Yeah, because I was her. I, I started as her dance teacher. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, also, even though I was in high school, when my mother had contestants, I used to write their speeches. Mm -hmm. Like when Ian Tavian went in, one of my friends who I eventually coached full-time in... Mm -hmm. um, for the national carnival queen pageant i think when she went to for either miss washi one of those shows or miss leeward islands one of those pageants she went in for mm -hmm. i wrote her speech and so it used to start it started off there okay. with my mother asking me okay write this speech because you know i think i've always been a decent writer so um eventually i guess um, I was Berisa's dance teacher, so of course I could help her with her talent. talent. Then mm -hmm. I was a fairly decent writer, so of course I could help her with, with her speech. Her speech. And then I believe that, you know, I was good to help with interview and modeling and stuff like that. So it just, you know, it built from there. I have a bunch of different questions to ask about Sarah. <laughs> okay. What is the toughest part of, because um, you've coached a number of people. Yeah. I'm guessing a, f a handful of people. Yeah. Because um, you don't choose nobody who can't. No, that's, maybe. That, no, that's, no, that's not the truth. Okay, that's so, not even true. But people be saying that they need to stop but you, it. They need to stop it because you coach them into what they right? need to be. Right, I coach whoever. But um, what is the it's toughest all about part? chemistry. What is the oh, okay? So what is the toughest? What is the toughest part of, of of training somebody for a pageant? What's 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 the hardest thing you think? What's the hardest when their mind is not there? Mm. A lot of people tend to think that it's putting on that sparkly swimsuit, that beautiful costume, the gown, and that's it. But you have to think at a deeper level mm. when you're in competition because you have to know how 
or anticipate what your competitors are going to do. And when you are in a competition, you're trying to be better than your competition, right? Your mm-hmm. competition. And so some people are just not mentally prepared for what you have to do mm-hmm. in order to win. Wow. Um, the sacrifices that you have to make. They think like, oh, I'll show up to practice, but it's my body and soul. And I think that if you don't understand that you have to put yourself in a certain frame of mind, then you're going to struggle through it. So it's, it's, it, it, is it more of a, at the end of the day, is it more of a discipline problem that you have with, with, with some people? Is it that they, I mean, you said mind, body and soul. I'm guessing the, the, the training has a lot to do with it. Training of, hey, I have to go to the gym. I have to get my body into some form of line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have to practice, practice, practice. This speech is not going to come naturally. I have to just do have yeah. to know everything that they're going to come with and, and try to think. But my, my, my question is, is, is to you, like, when it comes to being in that pageantry space, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. Are you doing it still? Are you still? I last did it in December 2016 when I coached Kadima Blanchett when she won the um, Caribbean Talented Teen pageant. That was the last time I did it. I didn't do it this year. I'm not doing it this year. I didn't do it last year, sorry, and I'm not doing it Could this year. Could I ask year. a hard question? Yeah. Like, why? Um, well, because I sort of shifted with Creative Legal, mm-hmm. and for, <laughs> for now, I kind of wanted to focus on building my law practice, and then, of course, Ultra. Um, taking it to the next level i just think as um i just think i wanted to focus on that and then maybe i'll dive back into pageantry at another time sometimes i have to take a break from it it takes a toll mentally it, it does yeah. it does but you were doing it back to back right at, at, at one um point? i didn't do it back to back i took a year break yeah you did when ian tavian went in um for I did Sankis. that year back to back. Um, I did Ian Tavian, and then after that was Siobhan Phipps. Mm-hmm. Um, she won Caribbean Talented Teen. Um, then I took a little break, but I helped Janika a bit. And then I had Pernell and Mimi the same year, which wow. was <laughs> crazy because that was the first time I took on two contestants at the same time. Wow. So um, luckily, thank God, they both won. But whoa, my body kind of gave out on me after that. I was, I, after those two pageants, that was probably the most I've been like, the most, the worst I've felt in my life. I, I got so sick because oh, my wow. body just crashed oh, no. on me. And I was still in law school. So it was just very difficult for me. So I told myself that I wanted to finish law school. And that's why I took a break after that. But I still had to do um, deal with Mimi for regionals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took the Christmas off. And then I had the bar exam. So I took a break for that as well. And then I jumped back in when I actually became a lawyer. And then, yeah, a lot of it revolves around what I'm doing with my law career. Because that's like priority number one for me. Mm-hmm. So if it's a lot on my plate at that period um with law mm-hmm. then i'm gonna take a break from pageantry stuff. Yeah. okay um how was <laughs> i mean you're finished with law school now and you've done yeah. the bar you've passed you know a lawyer legal yay <laughs> okay um what was that experience like for you what was the experience of going to law school 
I mean, I'm guessing you went to Maryland. Yeah, I went to University of Maryland School of Law. Law school was the most trying time in my entire academic career. Um, It was the first time I got lower than a B+. (laughs) What? You overachiever, you. There's some of us here begging for a C. It was the first time I got lower than a B plus. It was my first B of my academic career. And I remember going to a professor and literally arguing, how in God's name did I get a B? And he's looking at me like, are you crazy? This is law school. It's a B. That's a big deal. (laughs) Right? So... But because, you know, undergrad and grad, I went, to, I also did my master's, so I went to grad school. Mm-hmm. It was like so good. I'm not even like someone who studies a lot. Oh, you don't. Right? That's, it's just not me. I. This I'm, is something that you established from Yeah, long, and it's like not even being time. cocky. I'm just, I just feel like I'm academically inclined. So, so you, you, you tend to what? Is it that you get information? I listen in class. Just... I listen in class. I have a good memory. Mm. And I could read once and I'll remember. So I'm not like one who is like up and down reciting criminal um, murder is this. <laughs> you know, I'm not that. You're but not that. I had to I had to learn to study in law school because the like, information is so dense and you have to read these cases. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not just reading like definitions. These are cases and you have to understand how people think and the policy behind law and why the law is the law. The precedent that was set at this specific time. And, and I was like, oh, wow, I really have to like read. <laughs> <laughs> why law school? I mean, why, I mean with, with, with being in CDT, being mm-hmm. in pageant, I mean. I mean. Why, why, why law? Why, why law? Why law reached out to you versus being a dentist? I mean, why, right. why, why law? I was always fascinated with the law. Um, and it started, I think, when I was in either the fourth or fifth grade when people are running home to watch Tom and Jerry. Mm-hmm. I was running home to watch the O.J. Simpson trial. Um, and I was just fascinated with how Johnny Cochran and Robert Shapiro presented that case and won it and at that moment i wanted to analyze the law apply it to facts and exist and apply existing principles to facts and prove why this is so i could imagine miss madden having a very hard time with you as a child no, it's wrong. But mom, the precedent has already been set. <laughs> that I, it's you okay know, for I'm me not to argumentative. Yeah, you're not. I'm not. No, you're not. Okay. I'm not an argumentative person, but I am someone who rely. I guess the lawyer quality that I have, I rely heavily on evidence. Mm. Like I always have evidence. I always have receipts. I don't throw anything out there without having something to back, back it, up. it up. And mm. you could <laughs> ask anybody, ask any of my friends, they would say, you know, you got the receipts. You know, like that's... <laughs> Just to prove that we have yeah, this. Yes. But I'm not argumentative. You're not argumentative. Yeah. I watched the OJ Simpson trial. There, there's, a, there's a show, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, did you watch it? Uh, the story, yes, but you know, it was altered a bit. I prefer to watch. Um, I don't like court shows and movies because and stuff like that. The entertainment factor, of course, they have to sensationalize it. Sensationalize it. And so, um, 
I don't like that. I want to see it raw. Oh, I want to look at the at the actual attorneys argue um, before the court. So I don't really watch court shows and stuff. People would think, oh, you're a lawyer. You must love Law and Order. Nope. Never watched an episode in my life. I've never watched Law and Order. You know? So I would rather, um, I miss that we don't have court TV anymore. Mm-hmm. But that used to be my judge. <laughs> but yeah. I have a question for you. In, in, the, in the Caribbean, like, mm-hmm. um, I think what you're doing is interesting because you're doing law, creative law. Like you're doing a lot to, to, to yeah, basically... for creative entrepreneurs. For creative entrepreneurs. Do you find that in our environment, in our Ketishan Caribbean environment, do you find that there is an adapt need for this? Like do you see um, us functioning in a way that's, you know, legal or completely 100%? Do you see that there's a need for like Caribbean creative legal representation absolutely because there is a lot of intellectual property infringement um in the caribbean but (laughs) i just don't know if people are empowered to assert their rights and the onus is on attorneys to do that to ensure that people are asserting their rights and i always tell my clients that I'm just not going to be your advocate. I want you to understand your rights as well. Mm. And you should be able to stand your ground. Of course, I want you to hire me to do it. Mm -hmm. But I want you to identify when something is wrong. And I feel as if, not knocking the Caribbean, because I love, you know, the Caribbean, I love being from here. But I do feel as if Caribbean entrepreneurs just don't assert their rights. There's a lot of infringement. Um, Even when one time... um, one of my pageant contestants, I saw their photo on a poster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, who did you get permission from? To use this image. First of all, you're using her image and likeness because she has a celebrity status at the moment. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you did not contact the photographer. So you're infringing on someone's copyright. And of course, people thought I was being a B.I.T. Yeah, they thought you were being a bitch. Right? Mm-hmm. But I think... It's just what people have to do. You have to assert your rights. People work too hard. They put too much money, time, and energy besides, <laughs> um, behind creating. Mm-hmm. And then for someone to just snatch it as if it's their own, then how do we advance creativity when people are not rewarded for, for their it? Creativity. I'll, I'll talk to it. I'll talk on that point. I mean, as a photographer and a filmmaker, um, the other day I had a situation where I did some pictures for a client. Um, they were using the pictures for a few years. Um, they use it for the website, use it for promotion and so on. So now it's like three, four years down the road and they need to do some, some more pictures to mm-hmm. re-promote the branding, they change some stuff they needed to take it. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this time around, we're going to charge you for the non-creative, the, the creative side of it and we're going to charge you for the non-creative side of it. Creative side of it meaning, okay, we're going to go out there, we're going to use our talents to shoot this thing and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it is your usage rights, how long you'll have to use it, mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the limitations by which you could use it. You could buy bigger rights, more rights, longer rights, whatever the case is. Right. And they were like, um, yeah, we'll take the creative part, but like the other part, we don't really want to pay for that. Yeah, I'm really, like, but um, they go hand in hand. It, it's, not, it's not an option. There's no option. The, the only option you have is if you don't want this range, you could get a year, you could get six months, you could mm-hmm. get two years, three years, four years. They're like, no, 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 we don't, we don't want that. We right. just want, these are our pictures. I'm like, they're not your pictures. They're not. That's, that is 
a misconception among Caribbean businesses, entrepreneurs, event planners, promoters. They think once they hire a photographer to take the fic- the pictures, it belongs to them. That's and the I'm just like that is why I wrote a blog post you did? relating to copyright and carnival because people I always try to ensure that people understand that the photographer owns the copyright most times. Most of the times unless, unless it is written in a contract that says otherwise. Or the person is hired by a company and they understand that I'm hiring you. Right. Or you, unless you're like an employee. And exactly. You're getting a salary. I'm right. paying you for your service on a daily and basis. And that's again, they don't know the difference between an employee and an independent and exactly contractor. Exactly. They don't. They don't. Yeah. And it's, it's incredible. That's what, that's what I was... The whole purpose of this is to kind of discuss you know that bearing because mm-hmm. in in america like copyright is a serious issue people will oh, sue no without they will fail. sue like like i have on a had snap. a client she is an artist and her painting magically appeared in an advertisement for a reputable company wow. and they think they thought like they owed her nothing and I'm thinking, like, I know you have lawyers on board mm-hmm. that are aware of intellectual property law. So how can you think that you owe her nothing when you are using her artwork for commercial exactly. purposes? Exactly. The fair use um, laws do not apply, apply. No, 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 because no. this is for commercial purposes. Which means you're standing why to make Why should you make money off of her artwork? And why shouldn't she benefit? And so um, I feel as if that happens a lot. Even people, well, people know, no, because people would come to me and even ask um, <laughs> to ask to use ultra revelers on posters and stuff like that. Because I guess word got around that Ozel don't play when it comes to IP. I mean, this is what I do. I live eat breathe sleep intellectual property but you uh, need to eat breathe sleep intellectual property and help us well because the thing I'm is it's difficult <laughs> i know you're not going to help us for free but not only no, no, that no. i'm not licensed to practice law in the caribbean and how I'm, does that work um like how is that how is that like i mean you studied in america yeah and i i i did the new jersey state bar mm-hmm. and so i'm licensed to practice law in new jersey but because intellectual property law is um federal law mm-hmm. i can practice anywhere throughout the united states but um in the caribbean i guess you have to be admitted to practice here and probably have to like i think do like six months at one of the law schools in the caribbean and i'm not going back to school <laughs> so um, <laughs> um well as an attorney right, no. in the united states we have to do continuing legal education mm-hmm. um like 24 credits worth every two years mm-hmm. but that could be knocked out easily. Not you don't you don't need six months mm-hmm. to do that. Like I've I'm due to to do my continuing legal education hours this year, and I'm basically going to a one day seminar nine to five, and I'm knocking out those twenty four credits. What in one day? Yeah, right. Really? Right. Yes. Why is that so easy? Like, because yes. twenty four credits means you're gonna have to do like twenty four courses. No, no, no. So that's just I'm just telling you. Mm. So you have like, for example, um, the program that I'm going to be a part of 
most times people do continue in legal education in areas that they're not practicing in mm -hmm. just to expand their of practice course. areas. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do it in like real estate law, um, estates and trusts, other areas of law that I've been interested in, but I haven't been focusing my practice in at the time. Mm -hmm. So, um, I say all I had to say it's easier for me to continue my education and expand my legal offerings than to come year, out yeah. here and, and do, six, do months. six months. I just don't want to go back to school. School is expensive, first of all, yeah. and I just but I don't know. I feel so? it when you. That sounds so counterintuitive. I, I would almost think it's like just the time too. I'm already in the groove of practicing. I don't want to disrupt it and go to school. But like even I mean even if if that's the case in the Caribbean, like it sounds so counterproductive. Like so you're yeah. saying somebody somebody did um law in 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 i don't know say in india right. they're, they're no proficient lawyer they've been well i think because the laws differ yeah but isn't it so you want to ensure reading? that they're versed in the area of law the area of law that pertains to the country okay. mm -hmm. that they're practicing in practicing in because um i feel as if if you are not well versed in the laws of the country then you're kind of you might be incompetent it mm -hmm. results in malpractice things like that and you so put other people i see like the this. policy behind of it it's just not for me <laughs> six months wow so we're never yeah. gonna see ozel help us guys you could you could <laughs> drop your keys i think if and if you know but as i said a lot of times you copyright law because of the world we live in that is now so technologically inclined that you never know if someone might steal your work mm -hmm. in the u.s because I've had um, a Caribbean photographer mm -hmm. had his work infringed upon in the United States. Wow. Mm -hmm. So luckily for him, he was forward thinking and he registered his works in the United States as well. Because we live in a global economy. Mm -hmm. So you can't just think that if you put it on Facebook or Instagram that it's just saying it's people are going to be are prone to infringe on your work. I even like, um, see it. It could be anywhere around the world. Mm -hmm. So I always try to encourage um, people to register their copyrights outside of the country that they're in as well, especially if you are tapping into that market. market. And I think in the Caribbean, the closest market for us very is often the is the United States. And a lot of and a lot of the clients, I mean, a lot of the clients we look forward to is probably from the United States. Yeah. And I think that the reason why we were able to shoot off that cease and desist mm -hmm. is because that photographer had the foresight to register his, his work, work in, in, in the United, United States. States. At the very least. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of, I mean, you're doing business right now in, in, in the United States. Like, that's where you're stationed, that's where you're doing law, that's where you're practicing law. Yeah. What is the difference for you? I mean, dealing with clients from the United States, dealing with clients, what's the difference... For you is there a difference between the clients that you work with here and there um, well i never or? had legal clients um in saint kitts other than if they unless they did business they're doing business in the u.s mm -hmm. um so i can't say that from a legal standpoint but um for or from my in my capacity as an attorney but i think that the difference oh. is as you say Sometimes we tend to take things for granted here in the Caribbean. We think that we know you so well. Oh, we know just a little boy from Castle Road, man. Right. So sometimes mm -hmm. we're not respected in our capacity as business owners and entrepreneurs. And, <laughs> you know, so people feel as if they know you, they need a discount. 
yeah, and yeah. something. Like, give me, and give if me the discounting off. come, there is some sort of offense that's taken. But the thing is, you know, one of the biggest, I mean, I'm not so sure if this is what you encounter, but mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges for me mm-hmm. is that you have a, a small place that mm-hmm. more or less is starting to expect the same quality of work that they see on TV or uh, uh, from yeah. coming out from you know Instagram. We are exposed for right? a lower price, and we really don't have the budgets to support right. what it takes to deliver that sort of content. And yeah. and and it, it, it's 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 funny because most of us are still trying. You understand? Like we're still buying the American products we're still shipping them in for ridiculous um customs offering which i'm not bashing customs <laughs> because yeah. i think a country still has to operate and if mm-hmm. that's the way that they're gonna do it that's the way they, that's the way they're yeah. gonna do it not gonna it's, bash it's really tough it's hard i think it's tough for entrepreneurs to do business out here um but another thing just going back a bit i would say that one of the benefits is that because people also know you so well you sort of build that tribe of supporters um, you have people who ride for you and in, in the United States because it's much bigger um, <laughs> you're much more replaceable it, it takes, of course you're you're disposable and <laughs> it takes a lot more to build that tribe but it's so important to build a tribe of supporters and people who because they know you they believe in you and even if they might ask you for a discount you kind of still know that they're gonna serve as advocates for your business so i think and i just think that's caribbean people in general they ride hard they go hard for their own even though some people like to say oh that i don't know i in my experience mm-hmm. i find that you know a lot of caribbean people really support me and go hard um for you know my businesses and i'm really super grateful for that um but something else we were on <laughs> what do you mean um but yeah the thing is, I, I've, I've, had, I've had similar experiences where, like, I've built... And I think one thing that I, I had a, a different perspective on when I started off, we started in business, is, like, I thought, like, you know, give me two years mm-hmm. and we, we're going to be at the top of this and, we, you know, this is going to skyrocket and it's going to be awesome. But what I found is that the longer you stay in the game, the more your reputation builds. Like, people know yeah. that Stephen, he, this is who he is, this is what he stands for. Mm-hmm. If you work with him, this is what you get, right? Yeah. Um, and that reputation takes so long. So, like, you find that some guys, and, and I'm not bashing them at all because everybody starts somewhere. Like, you would have different photographers who come into the game, and not the game, but they come into the business or the mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, similar feelings. They, they want to be big immediately. Like, yeah. I want to be doing yeah. this, the biggest work now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And that doesn't happen like that. It doesn't. And, and it's only through, like, you know, you mature after a while, you get a little older, and you start to get a little wise, and you realize, okay, well, Staying power sometimes is more important because a lot of the people that we are trying to get business with, well, my business is different to yours, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of people that we are trying to do business with, they're much older than us. Right. You know, like I'm 31 years old and, and, and I'm dealing with clients who are really in the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. they own the businesses that, they're, that, mm-hmm. that are trying to progress. They might have like young marketing executives or they might have younger people working the sales team and so on but at the end of the day they're still making decisions as older people and they're still in the they're not really like adjusted to the whole i'm going to create a brand thing yet i mean they're getting there they're getting there they're getting there because they could see okay this could help us but they're still like more okay we spend this ten thousand dollars you know we need to make 
30, mm-hmm. you know, we need to make 300,000 off of this $10,000 yeah. investment. You can't be like, oh, we're just going in here because we want to have mm-hmm. kicks. Building a brand takes time. And, you know, we don't have that. We want to make dollars. We want to yeah. make that bottom line. Right. Um, and they want to make it in a place that's, that's incredibly small. Right. You know, and I think that's what's most difficult. You, we're trying to produce a product. Yes, we want the product mm-hmm. to be like ultra. We want it to be better every single year. Mm-hmm. But I think the challenge is that people want returns that's yeah. the end at the end all they want returns they of want course. it immediately yeah. and that's just not how branding works yeah and you know what that happens just at all levels in business that sometimes we lack patience but we once we are consistent and I, i'm guilty I, i'm guilty too I right my hand sometimes i lack patience and but you have to be open to the evolution of business and what's going to happen as your business goes along once you stay consistent because sometimes we think if it doesn't happen right away it's not going to happen then it's not happening at all we're going broke we're yeah, going to not working we're going the, broke the sky is falling it's just not going to happen <laughs> i have to move back in with my mother right and um and so I totally understand. But that's another difference between doing business in the United States and in the Caribbean. I feel as if in the United States, I work with a lot of young entrepreneurs. And in the Caribbean, mo- I don't think I have any clients who are about my age. Yeah. And you kind of wonder if it's because sometimes younger entrepreneurs have greater struggles um, I can tell you definitely, Ozel, yes, is, that's the reason. Yeah, you know, so you know, that they're not really hiring. Exactly. They're not, they're, and it's not just that. It's like if you have, if you're a young person and you have an idea, mm-hmm. people don't believe in ideas here. Like Facebook was an idea. Like Facebook was an idea that a guy had just, you know, right. he didn't really have the idea. I mean, let's just start going to the, the, the technicalities. But Facebook was an idea at one point. Somebody yeah. had to invest yeah. in this idea somebody had to see a vision beyond what the the, the reality was at that's the time. also that is also something that is severely lacking in the caribbean Investment. venture capital yeah. oh, God, yes. and honestly that is something that i want to go into i'm here if you eventually need to venture capital into right? this direction. because i believe that caribbean people are among the most intelligent and brilliant people in this world. Amen. And if they have the resources thrown behind them, and it's not that, oh, you have to depend on other people for resources, but everybody has to depend on somebody. We have to depend on our clients mm-hmm. to keep our lights on. That's true. Everyone has to depend on somebody. And sometimes, I mean, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of these incredible businesses, they had investors, venture capitalists. And so that is something that I want to do. And that's why I serve creative entrepreneurs, because I believe in creativity and I believe in entrepreneurship. I believe that entrepreneurship drives a nation forward. Um, And so this is why I just don't want, even though I can't practice in the Caribbean, because, as I said, I'm not going to go to school out here because I'm done with school. <laughs> I want done, guys. to She's done with school. make my mark in entrepreneurship in the Caribbean in some other way. And while I'm not there right now <laughs> to um, serve as a venture capitalist, 
from the moment I'm in the position financially to do so, I definitely want to support Caribbean entrepreneurs because I really, really believe in them. Sometimes just sitting down with creative entrepreneurs from the Caribbean and hearing the incredible ideas, I always say, why? I wish I was rich to back you. Mm. I believe in you. Like, I wish I could have supported you. Because everybody don't want to go the loan route. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, but where are the grants? It's true. Um, where are, um, of course, with venture capitalism, or if that's the term for it. Let's just um, make that the term. We're finding that. <laughs> venture <of course>. capitalism. <laughs> I guess that's not even what it's called. I have no but idea. But of course, when you have a venture capitalist supporting you, they want equity. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people are willing to give up that equity as opposed to something in their psyche is telling them that that's better than paying back the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It, it is. A lot know? of people will give up that. For, yeah. In, indeed. Yeah. Like, okay, so so do you want 90% of this? I really don't care. I no, just no, no. Need well, this. Of course, I'm nobody joking. giving up 90%. What do you mean? <laughs> My Mozel people don't give up a 90%. A little 5 or 10%. What? But of people course. I give up more than that. Because a little, it's like, maybe 49, 51. The thing is, <laughs> I remember when I... I'm going to share a story with you. When I yeah. started um, when I started working, I started working at our prime media organization or only television station at the time. Right. Um, not going to call any names because I'll have a lawyer in remit. But... When I started, I started on a paid internship with them. And I spent six weeks, the first six weeks, working my heart out. I worked every single day. Yeah. Uh, I was working after school, so I would come I would come up about like four o'clock. And I would stay there until like 11, 12, go home, come back, go back to school and do the same thing over and over again. On the weekends, of course, I'm working from eight o'clock in the morning until 12 o'clock in the night and just doing it every single day for mm-hmm. six weeks. And at the end of it, the guy was like, you know, you know, I really, really like, I really like your, your, your commitment to this. And I really love the job. I love the job. I think creating stuff is just like just capturing things and, and creating like that emotional contact, that emotional mass spread of things yeah. is amazing. It just fulfills me every time. Right. And I remember at the end of six weeks, he was like, OK, well, you know, here's your compensation or whatnot. And he's like, gives out this, <laughs> gives me this, this, um, this envelope. And it has like a hundred bucks in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, um, you know, this isn't even really enough to, to do anything. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, he's like, well, you know, it's a paid internship. I say, yeah, but you know, I mean, this is ridiculous. It's hundred bucks. But I stayed. The reason I stayed is because I love the job. I love, yeah. absolutely love the job. And at the end of it, I mean, I, I don't think I ended up getting paid what I was supposed to be paid. But the one thing that did come out of it is that it rekindled my love for what I did. And it from there, it was a platform, a launching off point to get into like commercial video, commercial photography. And I don't think without that commitment, I would have gotten even to own my own business at this point right. in time. Um, so like you have to start somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's it's if you love what you do, you have to believe in it, even yeah. if the people around you don't necessarily believe in it. Because mm-hmm. I tell you, if I go to a bank and say, look, I have this idea for a new business, this blah blah blah, I'm like, okay, um, that's all well and good, but we're not venture capitalists. We're not really yeah. into like your ideas. Right. We care about house land. Also, and with them, you get with the venture capitalists, you also get that. Um, mentoring yeah the mentorship because because they believe in it they're gonna many times they put you on they connect you with people who could help you grow your business and so i definitely think we we need some sort of venture capitalist 
firm or company or something, something that supports um, Caribbean entrepreneurs. But do you think that's the future? Do you think that's where we're heading to? I mean, in terms of... Because, I mean, if you go to school and you talk to these kids, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, if you go to the talk to these kids, these kids have, like, just brain lit up. They're, they're exposed to everything that's happening in the world, right? Yeah. And they're not limited so much by the mental constructs of the adults. Like, we, we've already, like, seasoned in, okay, we can't do this, we can't. We, there's a lot of yeah, can't, they're, right? They're too, uh, that's another thing. Too often, we are told that we can't. We can't, yeah. Especially, especially here. And I've been told a lot of cans. And um, I think that's many times why I'm so fired up to prove otherwise. Um, I used to be very shy as a child. So you would have never come on this podcast? If, if this no, I mean, well, probably not as a child. Okay. I used to be so shy. Like, I'm the type who would, people would probably think I was Mumu. Because I would hide behind my mother when like she's like, meet this person. I'm like hiding behind her. I was so shy that people, when people heard that I wanted to study law, people who hadn't seen me in years be like, but she's so shy. How is she going to do that? Mm-hmm. And even when I wanted to become attorney, I heard, you can't. When I wanted to start Ultra Carnival with Natasha, we heard a lot of, you can't. Mm. Um, mass in that big insane kids but we believe that people wanted to come out but they just needed more options um, and you prove them completely right? yeah I've heard a lot of you can't but it should just fire up to find a way um, look at us going into our for- fourth year I anytime somebody tell me I can't do something I get so fired up to prove that I can it's a culture, you know. It's a culture. Yeah. The you mean is, you can? Yeah. The thing is, that's, that's what actually is happening. You find people who, who are most advocating for people, like limitations are limiting others. They've been limited too. Yeah. Like they've grown into a situation where they felt like mm-hmm. their dreams were crushed. Yeah. And they might, they might have believed yeah. whoever was telling them they can't i don't believe in can't i don't believe there's such a thing as can't no like i remember when when i was in um i used to go to church a lot i still go to church a lot mm-hmm. Man, let's not be pretentious um and when i first went off to do my own business when i first started blue touch productions i remember going to church and people were like so this is going to be your part time yeah thing? The, the, i'm like they the, think they the need to work part, for people the part-time thing? and being somebody office like, of a co- of another company yeah i'm like yeah. what do you mean, what do you mean part-time what's part-time <laughs> it's like yeah but how you gonna make a full-time living taking picture yes exactly I said, i'm not just taking pictures but um why can't I? You know, like, it's you know, a production like, company. It's right? a production company. It's not like we're not just like, hey, let's grab this, this lights, camera, action. Mm-hmm. Let's make the camera roll on some rails and stuff and make this thing a party, you know? But I was so passionate that, like, I heard them saying, can't. I was like, you don't know what you're talking right. about. <laughs> and I'm always like that. I'm like, mm-hmm. you can't tell me anything if you don't really know. Like, yeah. I, like uninformed people, they, they, don't, they don't do anything for me. They don't. Yeah. I have like a few people in McConnell and that's really it. Like I'm not trained to yeah. like impress that's the That's I always say. You got to build your tribe of people build who it. believe in you. Exactly. And it might be small. It might be small. It might be one person. <laughs> might be but just find hard, that. But you all sometimes, boy, because that one person could 
that one person telling you you can can cancel out a hundred a hundred and and for me it's just been aware like i've just found like one or two people i've mm-hmm. i don't think i've ever had like a tribe of five like I've i had have a, a pretty decent tribe there you go of friends um <laughs> and even i always say sometimes a lot of people would probably watch me and don't think this but many times especially in business i struggle with self-doubt mm. um i always have to unpack and live in a hut of self-doubt for a few days before <laughs> before i figure out okay ozel get, pack up your things and leave this <laughs> this um, this is not for you this is you right so burning house I would have this incredible idea and then of course all the canters come to you and they above, flood you and they actually have you believing that you can then you start questioning you start doubting and then you have to force yourself to block them out and then realize okay I can I can I can do this and don't even underestimate the power of affirmations like just telling yourself that over you and over again because the same way people affirming to you that and you telling can. you that you can't you have to affirm to yourself that you, you can't can. to cancel that and yeah. you'll be surprised how one can could cancel out thousands of you have to cans. be obama you have to yeah. be like yes we can but the thing is i i think self-doubt i'm not so sure if i think maybe it's an artist thing because yeah. I have that too. Like yeah. I would start something, and I would actually start it. My problem is not starting things. Mm-hmm. My problem is like during somewhere in the middle, I'm gonna be like, "Yo, this isn't really working for me." Yeah. Like I thought this would be better, and it's not. And I'm gonna just stop because I'm wasting my time. And mm-hmm. it's like I would stop. Like sometimes I would stop right before, like you know, like this is gonna be great. But yeah, just before the boom. Before the boom, I'm like. <laughs> Yo, this thing is dark. Yo, I don't think I'm gonna make this. Yeah. And and what I found is I've 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 had and this is where I said no more than five. Um, because I've had about two people in my life that they know when I get to that spot. Mm-hmm. They, they they identify and they would call me accountable. Like I would tell them ladies, like say, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. And they'll be like, okay, um, you're gonna start it next week. Yes, I'm gonna start it. And I start. And I'm like, Ozel, I'm like super passionate super mm-hmm. like into it like, yeah let's do it let's do it let's do it all this energy and then halfway i'm like yeah but this ain't even work yo. yeah i'm work, the same right? way and then your friend follow up like so and you're like embarrassed yeah, like, oh, so what's um, up with these what's up with these this image what's up like, with this, um, this project um <laughs> no don't tell me um where is it it's yeah like, i'm like 80 percent there but like <laughs> yo so and so like i just really can't do this like yeah. don't tell me that i'm coming yeah. over but you know we're gonna i'm gonna watch you yeah. do it and you know <laughs> you know they would they would follow up and they would say and okay, right. okay let and me just those are the type of people you want in your tribe exactly like and those are the type of people i have around me um friends who are holding me accountable and who are telling me like when self-doubt sets in they're telling me like oza you are so crazy because you if anybody fit for this it's you it's exactly you could so, do it you were born to do it yeah. right so just do it okay yeah. i have something to ask you. Sure. um uh i watched something the other day it was a, a, a like a, a video on youtube and the guy was saying that don't do what you're passionate about mm-hmm. do what you're good at and then find the passion in what you're good at what do you think about that statement what do you <laughs> think about that that i mean i'm not in agreement with it 
because and this is just for me personally i don't know how other people may feel but i know myself when i'm not passionate about something i I won't be fueled to do it and so while people of course you want to find do something that you're good at but that is ensuring your competency Mm -hmm. and things like that but i think once your passion first and your competency align then that's the formula Um, when people are not passionate then you see a decline in their output i mean i don't even think i'm making this up i think this is just the way it is if I'm not passionate about something, I'm not doing it. That's oh, you just won't be me. able to do it for a long because time. it won't get me out of bed. Yeah, it'll kill you. I would find every excuse not to do it. Or you do it half. I'll do it to just to, appease somebody. You know, yeah. yeah. I always have to be passionate about everything I'm involved in. So people might see it differently, but I'm not in agreement with it. The thing is, I. The, 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 what the person said in order to back up this point is they said, suppose you want to sing. Suppose Ozel is like, mm-hmm. Ozel loves singing. Like, I mean, Ozel goes to the bathroom and Ozel is like mm-hmm. hitting these notes in she head, like doing this stuff, right? But you're not really good at singing. You're mm-hmm. passionate about singing, but mm-hmm. in terms of your competence, mm-hmm. you're not competent at all at singing. Maybe right. you don't have that's the That's what I said from me. Your passion and your competency have to align. They must align. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly. And and that's what I wanted to comment on. It's like, you're so right. Like, it's not just about being competent and it's not just about being passionate. It's about mm-hmm. finding when those two things yeah. are either in equal measure or they're, yeah. they're, they're firing on both. Because yeah. I it's think... It's not even about just having one thing working for you. Um, a lot of times you have to find the formulas about multiple variables coming into play. And so I don't think, oh, it's just doing what you're good at. You also have to be passionate about it. Um, for example, let's talk about sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of NBA basketball. And there's so many players who are great at what they do. But you can see that because they lack a certain passion, they're not getting over the hump. Mm. of becoming champions or some you know something of that nature i just see it a lot in sports because i have a lot of sports analogies for life uh-huh. because i'm such a sports fan i'm like highly motivated Jesus by athletes yeah like sp- athletes um, inspire me especially seeing athletes who win mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so sometimes i look at how they won and apply it to life and a lot of times it's passion like kobe bryant I know you were he's an incredible talent was, but if kobe didn't he's was. still a talent or was an incredible talent but if kobe didn't have the passion and will to win would he have won i don't think so but also kobe Bryant was extremely disciplined like one of course one, that's one, why i said multiple variables have to come into play one guy one guy was talking who was it first on the team and am i odom I don't remember which I don't remember which guy was on the team with him, right. but he was like. I thought he was an. I think Lamar Odom had the ability to be one of the top three players in the NBA, and then when he came to the Lakers mm-hmm. and was you know a part of Kobe's tribe, uh-huh. he adopted almost the mindset of a champion. Because mm-hmm. I feel as if yeah, he was in Miami, he was on the Clippers, but who was really pushing him yeah, to really. tap into being passionate about this? Um, being passionate about winning mm-hmm. 
And so I do think that, you know, all the variables have to come into play. That's true. And the thing is, what he said is that when he went to practice, right, mm -hmm. he would see Kobe already there. Yeah. Like Kobe would be there before they got there. Right. And he would stay even when they're gone. Yeah. So it's not just... First in the gym, First in the gym, out. last out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be first in the gym, last out. I'm going to stick to my one-hour <laughs> regimen. I don't hear nobody yeah. say, you could, kid, you could hurt yourself. But I'm saying, he's first in, he's last out. This is what he's passionate about. This is what he's doing. But he's also putting in the time. Yeah. Because competency is in, in, in is, is improved upon yeah. with time, with yeah. experience. Like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, I'm naturally, I hate, I hate when people yeah. say this. It's like, oh, he's naturally talented. Yeah, but that's not going to make him great. Yeah. There's I mean, no every player in the NBA is gifted. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. They wouldn't be in the NBA. Right? And they're gifted not only with their And of talent, course, only one team can win. Mm. But you see something in a leader True. that would take that team over the hump. It is. Yeah. And, and, and you see it especially in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Of course. Because in the regular season, I mean, you could lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win mm. a game. But the playoffs, everything is on the line. Are we going to win this? Are we going to win the championship? Are we just here to just be a stepping stone for somebody else? Yeah. And that's when you see like players start opening up. I think that's why people, I know you don't like him, but he's on your team now. You're supposed to like Who? him. LeBron James. I mean, it's not, I, I like I've grown to like LeBron because he's on the I Lakers think or because not even because of that even before that when mm -hmm. he start when he won when he won oh my god right because he's addicted to winners guys right mm -hmm. in my um even <laughs> I think a lot of like I know like my teasing of LeBron was teasing other players like because taunting them because at the time you know Lakers were winning championships and stuff so it was just sports banter mm -hmm. it wasn't like I don't have a reason to hate LeBron I don't know him I would be stupid as hell to just hate him I hate and I LeBron. don't know him right yeah. but I got a new level of respect for him when he became a champion because I I well, he became a champion on the heat and it doesn't matter. It doesn't? Because sometimes you have to realize that you have to put yourself in a certain situation to learn to win. Also, and I think you could find anything to justify people being winners. I don't think so. Okay, maybe not. Okay, right? Because yeah. some people would be like, oh, I'm not going to do that because um, pride and all these things. Mm -hmm. But it's fine that he realized that Dwayne Wade was a champion mm -hmm. and that you have to, to align with a champion to learn how to be a champion right a lot of times championship teams have previous champions mm -hmm. right and so people who were trying to i mean yeah sports chatter and stuff like that but i really respected lebron at another level when he won because i saw a different lebron um, I felt as if on the Cavaliers, especially in that series um, when they were eliminated, I think it was by the Magic in 2009 when the Orlando Magic went to the NBA Finals. I find like his demeanor was whack. He mm -hmm. just looked like he was going through the motions. Yeah, he gave up. Right? He gave up. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if he gave up, but his, his, I looked at his body language and I said, nah, Cavaliers not winning tonight. His body language just looks whack. And so, and after he tasted the championship, I yeah, I I've never seen if, that side of him again. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've never seen that side of him again because just I felt as if end. maybe he said, "I have this incredible talent. I love the game, but I need to learn to win, learn to see what it takes to be a champion." And sometimes it takes a real man 
to under or even just somebody being real with themselves not even just man understanding that you have to seek out and get into the psyche of a champion to understand how to be a champion and even though people try to play him for that it was crazy like i (laughs) i always tell my contestants sometimes my contestants come telling me what some other contestant told and i'm like telling you has she won what are you talking about do not come and give me any advice or tell me what anybody tell you Unless they have won. Yeah, boy. <laughs> right? I, his pump, son. <laughs> right? That's why I say. I don't... I, I, and I even do that. I mean, even in my legal career, I'm not afraid to reach out to other female... Let me tell you, black female attorneys account for like 2 or 3% of all attorneys in the United States. 23%. We are grossly outnumbered. And I see certain black um, black female attorneys killing it. Mm-hmm. And so what I did, slid into their DMs because I have to learn how to kill it. Mm-hmm. I can't just be, oh, pride, let me just do this on my own and boss up and be better than them. You got to learn to win mm-hmm. from people who are winning. Winning, yeah. And that's interesting. I think that um, that's why I respected LeBron because it's not even just about sports. It's about life, too. Sometimes... We talk about your tribe. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You have to have that person on your tribe who's been there. It's true. We'll win. Wh- who you could get advice from. You. I mean, you can't have the blind leading the blind. It's you know. True. So. And then you have to recreate the wheel. That's the thing that people yeah. don't ever th- consider. It's like sometimes you, you have an idea. You have an idea what you want to do, but you don't really have the, the the necessary. You're not. You don't know the path that's gonna take to do it. Right. Yeah. So. If you don't have anybody to show you, then you have to kind of fumble and fall. And yeah. It's, it's going to take a long time. And it's that's like fine too. If there was never a book ever written yeah. about anything, we would have to start from ground zero every single time. Right. And oh boy, the time we're wasting. Exactly. By the time you're <laughs> 70 years old, you're just getting your Colonel Sanders, right? You're right? just getting your Colonel Sanders. You're just getting to and your KFC not, moment. We are not here forever. No. But then so. that's where human, like, you, you ever realize that the human race is the only race, well, not the only race that has culture, because I think dolphins have culture and mm-hmm. all those other things. They don't write <laughs> books, though. But, right. but the human race doesn't start from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's a progression. The, like, us as a human race, mm-hmm. um, I think the best metaphor that I've ever seen for us is that we are the symbol of Superman. We could climb tall, we could jump tall buildings in a single bound. We have planes, we have trains. As a human race, as all of us together, we don't have any single superpowers, not really. Some of us are super smart, like Ozel, but <laughs> others of us, you know, have other talents. But what I'm saying is, as a collective, the human race doesn't start from scratch. We keep building. We keep yeah. building faster planes, better planes. Right. We keep building faster trains, better trains. We keep mm-hmm. digging deeper into the earth, understanding more doing more going to space we're supposed to go to mars soon which is crazy i yeah. thought people are going to live there people are going to live one way trip like <laughs> i am not going i'm not saying yeah. i'm going but i'm saying in our lifetime ozel like look at what has happened when i was young we used to put tapes like cassette tapes we couldn't have what more than 45 minutes worth of songs on each right, side right right no we have like tiny little pen drives with Five gigabytes. I know. Not really even know. that. Like no, we could get it out of a cloud. No, we could get it out of nowhere almost. Just connect to this cloud, and which is going to be Apple the future. Music. Well, not talking Apple Music. I use Diesel. But whatever. Sorry. Yeah, she, look, y'all are just really, really like, y'all <laughs> just look down on people who use other music services. Uh, uh, no, but 
I love Apple Music. I love Deezer. <laughs> Here we go. We all have two sides of the same coin. But as mm-hmm. I was saying, in our lifetimes, look at what has happened. Like, mm-hmm. if this is not the time for us to like reinvigorate and like try right. to push to what is the new industry for singers? What is the new industry for the Caribbean? What is the new mm-hmm. industry for us as a whole? Like Airbnb is here now. Like you could rent out your apartment for like fifty US dollars a day. Like yeah. like w- w- when again? You yeah. know like yeah. Like, I love Airbnb. I, I love it too. I love <laughs> it too. I'm gonna take a vacation soon. I can't wait. It's gonna be freaking awesome. Yeah. But I'm just saying like we're in we're in we're at the cusp. I think we're at the the revolution of industry and mm-hmm. as you said we don't have to reinvent the wheel anymore like it's yeah. not a case of i have to uh, don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to ask for help like ozel is probably here she don't please don't slip in her dms unless she says it's okay <laughs> um but she's here she's a resource and i think she's absolutely willing to help like yes i love engaging in these kind of conversations they drive me um even when people are asking you for help you learn so much from them you do as well and even mm. in different industries and stuff i learn from everybody um and that's why she wins guys she <laughs> wins from everybody uh, i'll show one thing like i remember the other the, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. i had a training program for some college students and it was basically like a beginner's training course you know to use a camera and, and sign and man those kids i think they taught me more than i taught them honestly like just hearing their their their, their questions challenge me challenge what i thought i knew about my craft challenge what i felt like i had going on i didn't really know like you know like because if you have to train somebody then you have to do more research into making sure that you have the fundamentals really as dung pat as you profess to have them right so like teaching and sharing is not just a one-way street it's not like me just hey like let me help it's not just that there's a lot of kickback. There's a lot of feedback that is really beneficial for you, the, the, the giver. You know what I'm saying? You're the teacher. You're the, the professor. It's just mm-hmm. a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot coming back that you might not anticipate. Yeah. It might blow your mind. Yeah. And people, people think that, you know, it's just people trying to suck um, information out of you. But sometimes you'll be surprised what you... It's, it, that it goes both ways. You'll be surprised what you get out of them as well. Indeed. One guy said, I could teach you everything I know. Mm-hmm. And you will probably never do it the same way I do it. Right. And that is what human culture is. Right. You have to believe that you are your magic. You Exactly. I could show you everything I know. Mm-hmm. I could teach you everything I think I know. Yeah. But tomorrow I'm a different person. Right. I'm, and I'm not a static entity. There's no, I'm here now for me. There's only, wow, I didn't know that yesterday. But mm-hmm. I know it today. And there's so much more that I'm going to learn tomorrow. Um, one time Mims told me she's like um, a Mims in McConnell but one time she said it's amazing that we don't we, what we know pales and fails in comparison to what we don't know mm-hmm. like the little sliver of knowledge that you think you yeah, have we don't know a lot we don't <laughs> know more yeah. than we know right and sometimes what we know we might not generally be you know you might not know you might mm-hmm. completely change your mind in the next 10 years sometimes you change your mind in an hour yeah you have one conversation and your perception is like oh my god no my mind no seriously <laughs> my mind is often blown because just in conversation with other people um things that you didn't even know and it could be the littlest smallest <laughs> of things um, it could be something so small that um, 
you'll be surprised. Like I think just the other day, I realized that, um, or I was told that two four six, which is Barbados's area code, mm-hmm. on a foam pad is BIM, or eight six eight. Which is Trinidad's area code is TNT. My mind was blown. What are you saying? <laughs> My what? mind was blown. What? So 869 is not SKB. It's not. But, no, it's not. Um, but it's I was amazing. Like, absolutely surprised that 268 is ANU. And I was like, what? I did not know that yesterday. Yeah. Definitely so, did not know that. Was like, and that you. was so small. It's tiny, but And it's that just came from engaging in conversation. Did you realize that? Ba, 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 and ba. so I, I said that to say that you will be surprised. The littlest, the smallest thing that you think is trivial. Yeah. It just blows your mind. Like, and what? What, you, what you know could inspire somebody yeah. to Yeah. Also, I want to ask you one more thing. Sure. And <laughs> what was, like, I mean, we, we talked before we started this podcast. We, we were talking about what your experience, what, what's one of your most, uh, I want to call it beneficial, but let's say one of your most happy moments in your life. Like, what is one of your most happy experiences or different experiences, unique experiences? Wow, we just went through the whole dictionary just now. Yeah. My... One of my most unique life experiences was traveling to Cuba. Which is one of my goals. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to Cuba, there was a lack of technology. And when I say that, I mean there are like literally five channels like a movie channel a sports channel a cartoon channel for kids news and something else mm-hmm. there was dial-up internet people had to go to what? internet cafes <laughs> yeah so you, you don't have a phone you can't connect to no wi-fi oh there's no wi-fi in Cuba? right well i don't at certain places it's mm-hmm. heavily regulated but at first like on the first day of my trip i was so frustrated uh, but I told myself, maybe this is what I need mm-hmm. to just unplug and experience life. The days felt longer. Wow. People were actually playing in the road. You saw children playing cricket and baseball and basketball. People on their verandas, every house people on their verandas engaging in conversation and i felt like this is saint kitts 1996 it probably is or maybe like 1986 right (laughs) it's like i felt like this is what i envision Mm -hmm. when i want life in the caribbean Not that I want us to have a lack of technology, Mm -hmm. but I enjoyed how people were still interacting with each other in 2016, it was. Mm -hmm. Because that's not what we see. No, not at all. We see heads in phone, 
as soon as you enter somebody's house, what's the Wi-Fi password? Mm-hmm. Which <laughs> um, I didn't give you. You go out. <laughs> yeah, because it's fine. Uh-huh. Um, you go out. Um, of course, everyone is filming on Snapchat or Instagram story. Mm-hmm. But are they interacting with people? Exactly. And I, we went to Fabrica de Arte, which is like a museum slash lounge slash concert location. I never seen anything like it. And people that, of course, some of them just speak Spanish, some speak English. They're literally walking up to you and engaging in conversation with you. Wow. And we're asking about where, where can we get like this food, that food? They're like, come to my house. What? Stop it. Come to your house. And we're like, where can we get some fish? Because we hear, I like how the Cubans prepare their fish. Mm-hmm. We're like, where can we get a nice whole fish prepared Cuban style? They're like, I'll let my mother make it for you tomorrow. And it's Whoa. like, wow. And then another thing I saw, people walking home. People have this misconception about what Cuba is. But people are walking home. No worries about getting robbed, getting killed. They're walking home after the club. The road is packed at 2, 3 a.m. People are walking home. And so I thought that this experience was so unique because it showed me the importance of human interaction. Mm-hmm. It showed me the importance of s- slowing down and living and seeing the beauty mm-hmm. of life, of the world, of people. And <laughs> when it was time to leave, I was like, boy, now I have to go back to the state <laughs> where technology is taken over completely. Which is supposed to be making us, oh, it's called social media, but it it's has it's making us so antisocial. Mm-hmm. Because, and I I know that I fall victim to that because if I'm in an awkward position or if I, you know, in some, it's in my phone, yeah. I'm going into my yeah. phone. I'm waiting for somebody instead of engaging in conversation with who's already there. I'm in my phone waiting. Yeah. And so, but Cuba taught me um, the, the importance of stepping back from technology. And so even when I returned to the United States after my Cuban um, trip, I always take time to step away from social media. Um, I'm always, I always know when I need that detox, when I'm getting too entrenched and I'm like, okay, it's, it's time for a detox. And I would probably put my phone um, in another room and just zone out, whether it's reading a book or hanging out with a friend. I don't want to just hang out with a friend and just be in my phone constantly. I mean, sometimes I have to, especially when Ultra is in <laughs> season. Is in swing, yeah. But um, that was a life-changing experience, experience for me. And every time I feel as if I need a vacation, I'm like, I need a vacation and I want to go somewhere where my phone isn't working. I want to go somewhere where I could, again, experience life and just connect with people. And I I'll don't say, know where that I'll, is. I'll but, share my experience. Yeah. I've never gone to Cuba. I want you to go to Cuba. To go. The thing is, the reason I wanted to go to Cuba And there's is so much history that we learn exactly in our history books. Through Cuba. But the thing is, why, why, I'll be honest, why I wanted to go to Cuba was... The fact that they still have ancient, old school, old style building and cars. Like, when I see pictures of Cuba, I, I saw a book. And I, for the life of me, I was like, I tried and I cannot find the book. Mm-hmm. It was like a, a, a photo book. It was a coffee table book. But it, it was huge. It was humongous. And they had these street side views, man. 
and there's like it's like graffiti but it's not it's not like spray painting graffiti it's like paintings and stuff on the walls like there's like broken down um buildings there's buildings that people live in but you could tell are well used and i think what that says to me is that this these buildings the, the primary purpose of them existing is for human beings to live in them not for human beings to service the buildings but for the buildings to service the human beings mm -hmm. And that's where I wanted to go to Cuba. I wanted to go for the culture, for the music, for yeah, the I people. Saw, I, saw a lot I heard of, about the friendliness. Yeah, they're super, super friendly. I mean, I didn't hear that level of friendly. Like, no, come to my mother's house tomorrow. No, they are incredibly friendly. And even our host, because we stayed in an Airbnb, mm -hmm. she cooked breakfast and dinner for us wow. every day. So every day we had an authentic Cuban meal. That's crazy. She also took us to, it's, it's, what is it called? Beradero? Yeah, which is three hours away. Her husband took us. And, I mean, they didn't have to. They could have just have us in the house and leave I'll us there. I'll just tell you about it. Go tell you where again. to go, where to go, where to go. But she ensured even, and if she couldn't take us, she organized a taxi for us. Where are mm. you guys going today? What you want to do today? Her husband was supposed to just drop us down into Old Havana, mm -hmm. but he is a history professor oh, at a university in Cuba. So he stayed with us and gave us a guided tour. Amazing. And then he, and then we went to like the chocolate factory. He bought the. He's like, no, 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 don't. Um, take out your money. Also, food <laughs> is super cheap. <laughs> That was the first time I had shrimp for five US. Stop playing. Okay. Stop Mo playing. Mojito was two US. Stop when I'm paying like twelve dollars US in the United States, we're having five course meals for less than ten US. But even though we're spending, um, it's one to one, mm -hmm. so it's one um dollar one one Cuban dollars one US dollar. Okay. So. I'm saying mojito, they're like two dollars. I'm like, what? Um, I'm ordering shrimp with salad and rice, and they're like five dollars. Five dollars. And I'm just like, what? are you kidding me? So food was super cheap. So we felt like we were balling <laughs> out in Cuba. I got this hundred US. Right? Who's gonna take it from me, son? Taking a taxi cab. Mm to um the club because we didn't we weren't about that walking life mm -hmm. that everybody is doing because we didn't know it yeah. we think we can't walk at night it's of too course. late that's that's, that's, we, that's our, our culture yeah. culture uh -huh. but we you see them careful. walking so we took our cab and he's like three dollars and we're like $3? are you kidding here's 20 and they're like <gasps> then when we when we got to the club the line was like incredibly long uh -huh. and to get into the club is two us and we're just like telling him, listen, we're giving you 15. Get us in. We coming off of this line. Get us in. Of course, we got off the line and went into the club. He get $15. God. Because he ain't seeing that. No, he's seeing $2 a time. So, like, and they're fine. And they're, they're not acting as if they're struggling. They're happy people. Mm -hmm. So friendly. That's what I heard. And I'm just like... It was a beautiful experience. It gave me a new perspective on life. And you said you want to go there. Please do yourself a favor and go. And anybody listening, you need trip. to put Cuba on your bucket list. People have all these misconceptions about it because what was filtered into yeah. our society due it's to true. the fact that they have a communist society and mm -hmm. things like that. 
But um, and even we're being told, I see people in Cuba that everything is Viva Castro and they love Fidel Castro, well, who Viva! I met. But I'm hearing um, that Fidel is this terrible figure before I went, right? So it was it just changed my mind, change of perception. Yeah, and you know that's that's something interesting because I I want to visit a place where I don't have my phone either. I yeah, like even for me, relationships coming up, I've always been the kind that was like, you know what. When we're together, let's just let's just kill the phone. Let's let's just enjoy each other's company because when yeah. I'm not with you, I'm on my phone. You know, I'm yeah. on my phone. I'm working. I'm doing. A, even when I'm supposed to be working, like the phone is a distraction. Yeah. Sometimes what I do is just you know put it on airplane mode so that it's like I have to take off the airplane mode and wait like three seconds and I'm like okay mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm realize yeah. I'm doing it. Um, but I don't know. I think we 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 are a, a culture that. Uh, well, we are a young generation that loves to socialize, but we don't actually know how to socialize. Out, and, and it's becoming worse. Yeah. Like, socializing is not texting uh, on a phone. Sli- oh, excuse me. Or sliding into somebody's DM. Or sharing what you're eating. Yeah. Socializing is eating with somebody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're sharing a picture with me. I'm not eating your food. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I could do is like, bye, I wish I was with them. Bye. Mm. This, this food looks And that's why nice. sometimes, even when I go out, I, I feel like I go out a lot, but I just don't have that many, like, snaps and stuff to prove I it. I don't. Because I am so... Indulged. You're in you're in the trying moment. Trying to have fun. Yeah. You're in yeah. the moment because it, the moment matters. Like, yeah. what you take away from it is more than the pictures. Yeah. I always say, like, even if I take a picture of where I am, it just is not a representation of how I feel. And yeah. I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we strive to do. We strive, yeah. like, well, that's what I strive to do. We should try to transmit emotion through a medium that is generally flat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a 2D representation of a 3D. It's not even a 3D world. It's like 5D world. Yeah. Because emotions, feelings, and, and the person you're with, all of these add so much to the, the whole entire, entire experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. You might be right. Let's just... Let's just take a break from social media. Yes. With, you know, Trust me, I feel I feel myself break. desperately needing that detox because I'm, I'm not thinking clearly. And so I feel as if whenever that time, whenever that happens, it's time for me to shift away from um, social media. Indeed. Well, also, we've been talking to you for, I think, a while. Yeah. I think a while, and your water is out, so that means that <laughs> every time is probably up. Yep, that's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Ozel, thank you so much for being on the show. We You're have welcome. one more segment for you. Thanks it's for a quick having me. Segment. Okay. It's a quick segment. It's, um, we call this um, the incorrect segment, oh where gosh. you have to say three things that you are absolutely 100% sure are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're gonna have to start, or you want me to start? It doesn't really matter. We have to say three things. We're gonna take turns. That's incorrect. That's incorrect. Like you're stating something that you definitely, for sure, know is mm-hmm. incorrect. You want me to start off? Sure. Okay, let's start off. Entrepreneurs are not important, and they should just stop working immediately. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's one. That's one. Ultra Carnival is the worst thing to happen to think it's a need. Never! <laughs> That's absolutely incorrect. That's absolutely incorrect. <laughs> um, okay. I don't, okay, I, didn't, I, need, I need two more. Man, I should have thought about this. Ozel had a leg up. Ozel had this like long time. So she knows, she knows what she's saying. Oh, no, you're freestyling, aren't you? Right. Yeah, I'm freestyling I am. too. Okay, second one. Um, it's very normal for you to make... Uh, three million dollars in your first year business if you work in the Caribbean. Hmm. If you're not doing those numbers, then quit. 
That is, that is, that is incorrect. <laughs> That's incorrect. Um, Barack Obama is the worst president in U.S. history. That's incorrect. That is incorrect. I think, I don't know if I want to say this one we have. But anyway, let's not get this. Yeah, I think he is the worst. But anyway. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. Trump is not the worst president that we've ever, not we've, that they've ever had. Trump isn't. Barack Obama is not the worst. Yeah, but Trump isn't the so worst. So that is incorrect. Okay, that's all you're saying and you're not saying anything else? Okay, that's Is good. Trump the worst? I'm oh. not sure. I, I don't know if he's... I haven't lived under... I've lived in the United States under Bush, Obama, and now Trump. Maybe he's the worst. <laughs> have, have things changed? Sorry to, to ad hoc on this, but have things changed? I feel so. Like in terms of economically, do you feel a change? You feel a change in the US. Yeah, you okay. feel it. I feel as if the best and the best times, and I'm not even being biased, the best times I lived there was under Barack Obama. Oh, there you go. Well, that's good to know. Okay, so my last thing. Social media, everything you see on social media is 100% real. Of course, that's incorrect. Um... <laughs> Okay, let me think about this one. The sky is orange. The sky is orange. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let Let me. You're gonna get a second chance because the sky could be orange. Think it is the worst place in the world. That's incorrect because it's the best. Think it is actually a really nice place. No, like, think it is beautiful. Amazing. It's not just beautiful, but I think in terms of opportunity, like. I mean, even compared to other Caribbean islands, like, mm -hmm. you've probably visited all of them, right? No. I haven't A either. few, haven't but either. not all. A few, same here. Like, I've, I've been to Dominica, St. Lucia, Trinidad. Oh, wow. Um, Barbados. Mm -hmm. I haven't been to that many Caribbean islands. You haven't? I've been to Antigua, St. Vincent, Antigua. St. Lucia, St. Martin, Anguilla. Anguilla. Um, I was in transit in Barbados, but St. Thomas, that's it. Wow, I'm up to seven. I, I really thought I was very untraveled. I feel like I want to go to like Martinique, Guadeloupe, Trinidad. Oh, yeah, I've been to Jamaica as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. In terms of opportunity, I, I, I just... I think that the where we live, like the standard of living here, is yeah. really good. Like we need to do more, um, make it easier for interregional travel. We do, hint, we hint, do. Hint, 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 hint. hint, hint. <laughs> Not just a hint, but a very strong hint. Yeah. But I think the way we live in Saint Kitts is the, the 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 standard of living is pretty high. Like when I went to Dominica, they were just living just different. Like yeah. you you describe Cuba, it wasn't probably wasn't like cuba mm -hmm. but it's really similar they, they live very grassroots lives um, i love that so i would love very to visit connected to yes. each other too i love that very so maybe nice i need to visit dominica just need to, maybe just once mm -hmm. just once um saint lucia as well is really pretty i love saint, saint lucia. lucia is really nice my favorite second favorite after saint kitts is antigua antigua i always have an amazing time i've never had a like i've never had enough of antigua to make a judgment yeah i've stayed in antigua when there was you remember the t20 the stand for 2020 yeah like i went there to work and i didn't get to see any of the island really mm -hmm. um i was really just at the hotel and back to work at the hotel so that i don't know if that counts i'm gonna yeah. take antigua off I've i love antigua I love, maybe i love a lot because i love a lot of the islands i love antigua and i love saint martin 
Yeah. Alex Manto. Anguilla is beautiful. It's a nice place to unwind. I, um, I like that, that the way that you said that. Yeah, I do want to visit St. <laughs> Bart's because my family is from there. Mm-hmm. So that place that's like a priority right now for me because I do want to like you know dig up my family. So St. Bart's is St. Bart's where like it's more or less like this kind of upperclassman thing. I well, that's the, the outside perception. I have to visit and see. <laughs> like where everything has to come in from the outside, so it's like mega expensive. Yeah, it seems so from the outside. From the outside, we don't. But have I don't know. I would love to go and see. Yeah, that's like on my list. Ozel, when you go, please take pictures. Yes. Um, and totally. if we, if at that time we could bring you back on the show, and you'll tell <laughs> us all about Saint Matthews. Yes. I have nobody. There's nobody that I've ever known that's that's gone there and come back really? and said mm. like never. I, I don't know if it's like super duper expensive and that's why they just thought they mm. might never be I've able heard to go. that but I don't know I'm gonna check it man out. check it out go mm-hmm. do it for free you know <laughs> <laughs> and come back and tell us how you feel yes. so guys we've been talking to Ozel Martin um said I wanna say co-queen of ultra mm-hmm. um queen of, of of pink splash media and creative legal I think in America I forgot America. to mention glitter and rain glittering rain which is your pageant coaching yeah. company consultancy, consultancy yeah. company which she is like winning record was mm-hmm. have you ever lost yeah um twice i had contestants who came first runner-up that was uh mimi in miss caraval and roberti in caribbean talented team out <sighs> of all of course i didn't take it lightly that was like a b minus to you a oh, B? That it, was like a B. It crushed my soul. But we had with Mimi at least we had the opportunity to win again a few weeks later. With Robertine, we lost by a tenth of a point. That is crazy. So that was like it stabbed me. I didn't want to go into I, w- I wanted to quit pageantry, but then I came back and won again with Kadima, so it kinda soothed the wound a bit. You are you are interesting person, man. Like, yeah. a lot of people will be like, first run out by a tenth of a point. Like, that's a win. Oh, hell no. That is a stab. Because you're so close. But yet so far. Yeah. Yet so far. Oh, man. Crush. Soul crushing. Oh, man. Soul crushing. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Glittering Rain, they have a winningest record just with two runners up, which we're not going to mention. We're just going to say they won all. <laughs> Because they won all, and if they win, then the people them cheat. Right? Of course, That's exactly how it goes in sync. <laughs> Just plain. I always, win. I don't believe in that. You know, I don't believe in. I it don't either. believe in. Like, oh, they cheat. I, I, uh, you know, sometimes you have to look at it. But honestly, anyway, let me. They cheat. They cheat, man. Um, Are you saying it for her? They cheat. Miss mm, Caribbean talented team was questionable because Sankit was going for four wins in a row. That's I kind of had it, knew that oh, it was going to be tough, but I felt in my heart that she won that show so that's probably the only time when i'm like hmm, side eye side eye side guys, eye we really need to put this show on like we need to tape this show video <laughs> tape this show because ozel just turned into a completely different person <laughs> i just saw a bit of the talent coach guys yo it's serious it's serious glittering rain is serious guys if you're not really in it to win it just go to somebody else i'm telling you now <laughs> All right, well, Ozel, thank you so much. Thank you for um, having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. Oh, man, thanks, mm-hmm. thanks. We love when we, we guys have fun because that's that's just how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You're supposed to come here and just relax and yeah, just talk to me. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, just have a good time. But, guys, remember, this is objectively incorrect. Um, the facts, we don't really care about the facts. We care about our perception. We care about our perspective. 
and it's completely subjective if you have anything to say drop them in the comments guys and as usual peace no gang signs <laughs>